What's going on, family? Happy Monday, and welcome to another episode of The Faction. Quick hits. It's your man, GB Gerard Bonner. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope you've made it successfully through yet another weekend here in the States and many places across the world. We're all quarantined, so I hope that you are not going stir-crazy. Perhaps you are getting out to take a walk or doing something that kind of feels normal or feels life-giving, perhaps this is part of that for you. So if it is, thank you so much for allowing the faction in your space, whether you're listening to us on headphones, in a crowded room, etc. We absolutely appreciate you. If you're not doing so already, feel free to give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. And subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever it is that you get your podcast. Now then, to wrestling. Last week may have been historically one of the most challenging weeks for WWE. As we chronicled here on previous episodes of The Faction, go back and check out last week's episodes and you can hear exactly what happened. So the week ends, of course, with a live episode of Friday Night SmackDown on Fox. Of course, Friday Night SmackDown emanating from the WWE Performance Center and it was highlighted by the main event, a triple threat singles match for the SmackDown tag team championships so it was kind of the converse of what happened at wrestlemania this time you had big e the miz and jay uso in a triple threat match with the smackdown tag titles on the line and congratulations to big e who secures the wwe smackdown tag team championships for the new day giving them their eighth Rain as if they weren't already in the conversation for perhaps the greatest tag teams of all time. Now you are looking at eight championship reigns, the longest WWE tag team championship reign of any tag team, uh, 483 days. So I guess we have to start having that question. Where does the New Day stack in there? Well, wherever they are, they are currently eight-time WWE Tag Team Champion. So congratulations to them. We also learned some things about the Money in the Bank pay-per-view as there were Money in the Bank qualifying matches. We've been told that it would be the most unique set of circumstances for the Money in the Bank ladder match. Now, we kind of thought, or at least I did, I thought that meant that it would be held in the Performance Center and perhaps some matches will be. But what we found out on Friday night was that the two ladder matches for the Money in the Bank briefcase, which of course gets you an opportunity at a championship in the next year, whenever you choose, those matches would be held at WWE's corporate building. They will start on the ground floor and it will end when somebody retrieves the briefcase, which is, get this, on the roof of the corporate building. So there's a lot of potential intrigue to this. How could this go? Will this be another movie match coming from the WWE? What's going to happen? I mean, like, are people going to be fighting up the stairs? And what you guys should know is the WWE corporate building is not a three-story building. I mean, we're talking several stories uh, here, probably eight, nine, maybe even ten. It's a large building. What's going to happen when they get to the top? Is this actually going to be live or pre-recorded? There are a lot of ifs, and you're talking about Connecticut, which has potential to be cold on any given evening. 
So, this is interesting. I want to know, do you like the concept of this match or not? It is far from the traditional money in the bank ladder matches that we've seen over time. We've never seen one like this. In my mind, it, it kind of reminds me of a TNA twist um, when they had uh, their special ladder match, which was kind of the opposite instead of retrieving the belt you had to actually hang the belt up and you had pinfalls and you had penalties and all sorts of really unique things but this is far more unique than that will this be believable i don't know uh the jury's still out on it i think it could be intriguing enough to get us to watch the money in the bank pay-per-view they could deliver big time as they did with uh the matches at wrestlemania particularly the Boneyard match and the Firefly Funhouse match, but I don't know. A lot of moving parts on this. I don't know, but I want to get your thoughts on what you think of the Money in the Bank climbing the corporate ladder match that's going to happen on May the 10th, which is just a couple of weeks away. Uh, in the meantime, with all of those things happening on SmackDown, it did not deliver on Fox. In fact, what it did was it produced, get this, the lowest rating ever on Fox. Friday Night Smackdown this past Friday drew an average of 2.19 million viewers. That's down from last week's 2.3 million viewers. And get this, like I said, it is the lowest number ever on Fox. Let's put this in context, which I'm sure will make you go, holy cow. The premiere on Fox, which was October the 4th, garnered 3.8 million viewers, close to 4 million viewers. And now we're to a point where we're at almost half of that. So let's be fair now. That first episode was star-studded. You, you started with The Rock and Becky Lynch. You had so many legends involved. And then you also had a very controversial main event, Brock Lesnar against Kofi Kingston for the WWE Championship. It was probably a six or seven second match. And then Cain Velasquez shows up starting their program heading into Crown Jewel. You don't have any of those factors right now. You had a live audience in L.A. You had this promoted heavily uh, across all Fox Sports programs. Um, the news was talking about it. Everybody was talking about it. What do you think Fox is going to do right now with this situation happening, barely bringing in 2.2 million viewers, almost half of what we saw at the premiere? To also be fair... Since the premiere, WWE SmackDown has not cracked 3 million viewers. So, it's a tough one. I don't know, but I'll tell you this. WWE has to be very concerned right now. Particularly in this environment, you don't have fans. You're not clearly building the kind of excitement that should be built following a historic WrestleMania. What do you do? That caps off a rather challenging week for the WWE, to say the least. I'd love your suggestions. What does SmackDown have to do to be able to hit the 3 million mark in terms of viewers on SmackDown, on Fox? Now, the challenge, of course, is you're not going to have an audience. So that's an issue. I think they're going to have to work even harder to make it happen. And the sad part is if they have to pull on legends on a regular basis, we've got a problem. 
Why are they not putting the rocket ship behind several of the folks that they have? You've crowned new champions. Um, you've done those kinds of things. But here's what I will say. I think that this pandemic, as challenging as it has been for the rest of the country, is really impacting WWE in ways we haven't thought of. The creativity had already been challenged, if we're completely honest. And so now we've got to ask ourselves the question. We've made the decision to continue producing content. Is this content going to matter in the grand scheme of things? To me, the triple threat title match for the tag titles involving singles competitors felt very WCW-esque say 2000 you know when they were grasping at straws trying to give you everything they possibly could that could be deemed creative but really did not strike a chord with very many of the wrestling fans smackdown's gonna have to do something or else we could end the year with perhaps fox dropping smackdown say what you want you know a five-year contract is a long time and it's a lot of money and if you get that much money, you absolutely have to deliver. Now, I'll say this. I don't know what the expectation was for WWE in terms of how many fans they would deliver. Where, where I think they could be winning right now, as strange as this sounds, is they are right now providing the only sports-related content that is fresh for any of the major sports in this country. So FS1 on Tuesday nights has gone to providing WWE content. Um, SmackDown on Fox, of course, is doing a significant service, even though there aren't that many people watching. So there's some real questions to ask. And how much longer can they continue with this kind of performance before Fox makes a decision? And if Fox ever cuts SmackDown, you think the cuts we saw this week were tough. There will be some additional major cuts in WWE. So I think some things are going to have to happen for WWE to be able to make some changes. But you can't keep delivering barely 2 million viewers on Fox and think they're going to continue with uh, keeping you. I don't know. But I want to get your thoughts. Let me know what you think of all of the content that we've talked about today. I'll throw one other thing at you because there's going to be a lot to grab feedback from. Over the weekend, former AEW champion Chris Jericho did a Saturday night special live where he took questions uh, on Instagram. And one of the things that he was asked was who would he put on his Mount Rushmore of wrestling? And it was a tough thing for him. He went through a number of names. But here's where he landed. He landed on Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Hulk Hogan, and Ultimo Dragon. Those picks include one of the greatest wrestlers he's ever seen in his life and one of the greatest performers he's ever worked with. Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Hulk Hogan, Ultimo Dragon. Do you agree with this list? And who would be on your top four for Mount Rushmore of pro wrestling? Lots of points to grab from today for your feedback. We want to hear from you on at least one of them. You can do that on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. And, of course, subscribe to this podcast uh, on iTunes, Google Play, and wherever it is that you get your podcast. Stay tuned. I'm certain we've got another big week of pro wrestling news coming your way, and we'll be able to dialogue about it right here. Until next time, it's your man GB, Gerard Bonner, representing for my good brothers Courtney Beard and Brandon Clack, and together we are The Faction. I need my people. Here we go.